And think about sheep. We think about shepherds. We need to keep a couple things in mind that God speaks of believers as being sheep. And there must be some parallel between sheep and believers. And as we think about that parallel, it will help us to understand what we are like. He also talks about himself being a shepherd. Christ talks about himself being the good shepherd. And we find that in the New Testament, he also talks about shepherds in the local church and their leading sheep. And if you are an elder tonight, you're a deacon, you're a parent, you're a husband, you're a Sunday school teacher, you're involved in Awana, think about yourself as being a shepherd in some way, shape, or form. And by the way, does anyone want to hand out an understanding sheep that did not get one? Wave your hand. Are they back in the back? If you want one, wave your hand, and Jeff will make sure you get one. But as we think about shepherding, keep in mind that we are sheep, and we need to be shepherded. And as we understand sheep, it will help us to understand ourselves much more. And I've done a fair amount of reading over the years by those who have shepherded their understanding of real physical sheep and what sheep are like. So a lot of my thoughts are not coming solely from me, but from my study of Scripture and seeking to understand sheep, but also from reading about real sheep. And if you're here tonight, and that includes myself, see yourself as a sheep. It'll go a long way in helping you in walking with God. In the Middle East, you would find in Bible times that a shepherd would take his sheep, and he would be with his sheep for weeks and weeks on end. And depending on what was happening with the sheep and what the pasture was like, he would move his sheep. And sometimes they would go through valleys and the sheep may fear, but as long as the shepherd was in front of them and speaking to them, they would follow. There's always a chance of enemies coming. There's always a chance of eating some things that should not be eaten. And all of them would take their toll on sheep. Shepherd had to protect the sheep from animals and a host of other things. But as long as a sheep had a shepherd and was willing to follow, the sheep would do well. But sheep have some characteristics that they don't always follow. But it's assuming that the shepherd was a true shepherd and not a hireling. The scripture speaks of shepherds, and then they speak of hirelings. Hirelings are one one who does not really love the sheep. So we're going to look at several portions of Scripture. We'll look at one tonight, and in two weeks we'll look at another. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 23, a very, very familiar psalm. Psalm 23, David was a shepherd. He cared for sheep. When David is writing Psalm 23, he is speaking from the perspective of being a sheep. But the Lord is his shepherd. And when he speaks of the Lord being his shepherd, he would be speaking of how a shepherd would care for sheep because he knew how to care for sheep, because he cared for them. Shepherds also would spend much time alone with the sheep. They might be out in the backside of nowhere for days and weeks 
Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or I shall not be in want. Depends on what translation you're using. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Notice he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet or still waters. He restores my, <clears throat> restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. The one who said, I am to Moses. David says, is my shepherd. I shall not want. Stop and ponder that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you take that verse and think about the Lord as shepherd, Christ as shepherd, I shall not want. It seems like we have a lot of wants. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sheep don't lie down if there's danger or concern about danger, if they're not well fed, and so on. He leads me beside the quiet waters. Sheep need quiet waters if they're going to drink. He restores my soul. Sheep need restored over and over again. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Just as a shepherd will lead sheep in the correct path. He says, the Lord leads me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, <clears throat> I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod. <clears throat> a rod would have been used to drive away animals. No, that would hurt the flock. A staff <clears throat> comes down and has an end on it. And if a sheep or a lamb fell over a cliff, a shepherd could reach down and pull the animal up. They may walk through dark valleys as they would go from one area of being fed to another. But the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. <clears throat> a shepherd can lead sheep through a very dangerous, hazardous place where there may be the potential for robbers and animals and so on. <clears throat> they don't need to fear because their shepherd is with them. And he talks about a table being prepared before him and so on. The Bible frequently refers to people as sheep in both the Old and New Testament. If we understand the nature of sheep, we will better understand ourselves as sheep and our wives, those that we care for, our children, and so on. 
the sheep we shepherd. Sheep need guidance and direction. We as sheep need guidance and direction. Our wives, our believers we lead and shepherd, our children need guidance and direction. All believers, including human shepherds, are sheep. I would pose a question, and I'm looking for a response. What is one of the greatest struggles every believer in Christ faces? No exceptions. What is one of the greatest struggles? In light of our discussion to this point. Following? Okay, let's build on that. Just following. Anything else? I think tied in with that gene would be admitting you're a sheep. If I don't admit I'm a sheep, I won't follow. If I don't admit I'm a sheep, I don't think I need any direction. I don't need any guidance. I can make it myself. I think one of the greatest struggles we face is accepting the fact that we're sheep. Because we think we're better than sheep. God could have picked some other animal That was better, you know, he could have picked a majestic lion. But he calls us sheep. And as we discuss the characteristics of sheep, see yourself. And don't say, well, it's not true of me. Because when we say that, we get ourselves into trouble. It is true of you, it's true of me, it's true of every believer. Failure to accept the reality of being sheep results in getting ourselves in tremendous danger and struggle. So some characteristics of sheep. Number one, if you have a handout, sheep are helpless. Sheep are helpless. They're just helpless. Description, they cannot protect themselves. Sheep cannot protect themselves. They can't run fast. They can't fight. They can't bite. They can't protect themselves. They have no defenses. None. Now think about us as sheep. We have no defenses against Satan, the world, and the sinful nature. We have none. Look at our nation. I'm referring to primarily unbelievers and what they get themselves into. How they follow the whole world system that lets God out. How they follow their sinful nature. How they follow the enemy, Satan. Look at what happens in families that don't admit their sheep. Look at what happens in communities that don't acknowledge their sheep and admit they don't have any natural defenses. Secondly, they're subject to many dangers. Subject to bears, lions. David said he killed a bear, he killed a lion. Subject to all kinds of disease, eating incorrect plants. We as believers are subject to many 
dangers. How about pride? You say, I don't have any pride. If you say you don't have any pride, you just acknowledge that you do have pride. (laughs) Because you're denying what God says. (laughs) How about selfishness? How about discontentment? We just want a little more. How about enjoyment of the gift more than the giver? We can enjoy something God gives us more than we enjoy God. We're subject to many, many dangers And we could list many others, but we'll stop with that. So applied, how do you apply sheep or helpless? I need a shepherd. I need a shepherd. God, Christ, and I need a human shepherd. If you don't think you need a human shepherd, then let's encourage all parents to give birth to their children, get them to the point where they can, you know, at least make it on their own, and at three or four or five or six or seven, just turn them loose. They don't need a shepherd. They don't need parents. For those of you who are husbands, let your wife do her thing. Don't care about her whatsoever. Let her do her thing. See what happens in your relationship and what happens in your life and her life. Think about believers in a local church that doesn't really have a shepherd. They run into all kinds of problems. We all need a shepherd. God is our shepherd. Christ is a shepherd. We need human shepherds. I need help from my shepherd. We need to admit that. I need help from my shepherd. Ruthann will often ask me things, and she'll say, Dan, you're supposed to be leading me. You know, you're supposed to be my shepherd. Sometimes she'll say, I don't know what to do in this case. Whatever you tell me, I'll do. That kind of makes me step back and say, ooh, I better think this one through. Children need a shepherd. I need a shepherd. That's why I have intentionally made a decision to have some guys in my life that I can talk to. It depends on the issue as to who I talk to, but I have a couple that really are pretty hard on me. I need a shepherd. I'm prone to wonder. I'm not above needing a shepherd. Admit you struggle. You say, I got life by the hand, oh, I do pretty well. We all struggle at times. Let's admit it. We need a shepherd. Stay in contact with your shepherd. Sheep, follow the shepherd. Stay in contact with your shepherd. Within the family, husband, dad, seeking to lead, staying in contact as a family. Let me do a little aside here. By the way, in staying in contact as a family, please don't make your primary form of contact texting. Your primary form of contact must be face-to-face. Not opposed to texting, It communicates information, 
but you can't communicate well texting because you miss 90% of the communication. And again, I'm not opposed to texting. Why do you think Jesus came as a human? He wanted to communicate. Stay in touch or in contact with your shepherd. As a family, communicate. As a body of believers, <clears throat> whatever case it may be, stay in contact. Elders, you know, caring for people and people talking to elders or myself, <clears throat> that within the family. What takes place when you seek to protect yourself? What takes place when you seek to protect yourself? Looking for a response. Fail? Any other terms you might use? Travis? You isolate yourself? You're pretty proficient at that. We tend to get into more trouble. We make decisions and later on we think, ah, that wasn't a very smart decision. You know, we fight back. Oh, I'll defend myself. I'll stand up for myself. We just get in all kinds of trouble when we seek to protect ourselves. See, sheep are helpless. Well, I admit that I'm helpless. And I need Christ, I need God, and I need human shepherds. Secondly, sheep are defenseless. Ties in with helpless, but sheep are defenseless. They have no natural defense mechanisms like a snake or a lion, or a skunk. So a skunk doesn't come up to a sheep and say, oh, I better back off from this sheep. The sheep's going to really get me. It's just a sheep. What defense mechanism do they have? They don't have anything. Stop and think about what defense mechanisms do we have that are effective? Well, we say we can fight back, but fighting back gets us in trouble. We say we can resist the world. We can't resist the world because if we try to resist apart from Christ, we end up falling prey to it. We yield to our sinful nature. Because we're proud, we're arrogant, we end up bitter, and so on. We don't have any natural defense mechanisms. Any that we think we have get us into trouble. Sheep are totally dependent upon their shepherd. So here's a sheep into a... The shepherd's taking him towards a new pasture. And the sheep doesn't have enough sense to know what the good food is and what isn't the good food. The sheep doesn't have enough sense to say, oh yeah, there's a cliff coming over there, I better slow down. They're totally dependent upon the shepherd. Stop and think about us as humans. how fearful we become of doing without.
So suppose our president said, we're going to do away with health care. No one needs health care. You'll just each make it on your own. We probably would struggle with that. We're going to do away with retirement, no Social Security. We would struggle, and I'm not saying those are good ideas. But we fear what's coming. We're dependent upon a shepherd to help us through that. How many of us have been hurt in the past and live in the present in light of the past rather than living in the present in light of Christ? So uh, an example from my own past. As I was growing up, I learned that the way to get value in life is to work hard. So I would ask my, I'm going to my mother and say, Mom, is there anything I can do, any work I can do? And they would find me at times when I was younger sweeping the barn floor just for some work. I developed a belief system that my worth is based upon ability to work and working. That has haunted me time and time again. Good work ethic, but it's not good to find your worth in work. It's got to be in Christ. That's why Ruth Ann would say sometimes, especially early on in marriage, Dan, can't you sit down and relax? I need a shepherd to help me through that. Work is good. But to find value in work and my worth and my security in work is not good because I place work over my shepherd, Christ. So the very, a very good thing becomes a negative when I live in light of my past. We all have past. We need a shepherd. So applied, listen to what you're taught. If you're a shepherd, counsel people or counsel, <clears throat> if you're a shepherd, counsel people. If you're being counseled, then receive it. And don't be afraid to ask for help. I find that we struggle in giving help. Years ago, Ruth and I had a decision that we had to make with our children. Pretty big decision. And I went to talk to someone and I said, I'm not here for you to tell me what to do. I'm here for you to help me think through this decision. About a half hour I left. I thought, it didn't really help me. (laughs) I don't think it's because I was unwilling. It's because the person on the other side thought, you can handle this yourself. And I was saying, I can't. I need help. Sometimes we're prone not to give wise counsel, or we give counsel that we think is best rather than what is best for the person. Be willing to give counsel, be willing to receive. Provide direction, but let them choose. We can give direction to people, but many times we need to let them choose. 
We are sheep. We're defenseless, so we need guidance. What takes place when you attempt to defend yourself and live independently? One item was mentioned already. We tend to be withdrawal. We tend to become islands. So I say, um, Scott, what are you going through at this point in life? What are some of the struggles you're facing in life? I want to know at least five or six struggles that you're facing at this point in time. You know, just share with the rest of us. God says, I'm doing pretty good. I would venture to say Scott's being an island because I think Scott has at least one struggle in life. How many of us are willing to let someone into our life? If we think we can defend ourselves and live independently, we tend to withdraw and we have few, if any, deep relationships. We may have many surface relationships, but few deep ones. And the shepherd-sheep relationship, the husband-wife relationship, the parent-child relationship, they're to be deep where there's an openness and a willingness to share. But if we think we can live independently, then we tend to withdraw and we live as an island. We get into all all kinds of trouble. We also tend to be very proud and self-sufficient. We're closed. Not only closed about our problems, but about our joys. One of the things I struggle with is that uh, I can be very happy and joyful about something and it doesn't really show a lot. So suppose someone gave me a half a million dollars and I went home and Ruth Ann said, well, how was your day today? Good. Anything happened that was good? Yeah. What happened? Someone gave me a half a million dollars. What? Someone gave you a half million dollars, yeah. Where is it? In the bank. There's a deposit slip. They put it in my account, in our account. Are you sure? Well, here's the evidence. Where's your joy? <laughs> you know, I just who I am, and I'm not blaming myself. But my point is that if I live independently, whether it be a struggle, whether it be a joy, we tend not to share if we're not willing to admit we're sheep. If we tend to defend ourselves and live independently and don't recognize that we're defenseless, we have no defenses, we tend to live for the here and now, but not for eternity. Third evidence, or not evidence, but description of sheep. Sheep tend to wander and drift from the flock. Sheep tend to wander and drift from, from the flock. So here's a shepherd leading the sheep along, and the shepherd's going this way, and the sheep wanders this way, and another sheep is wandering this way. That's natural. Sheep tend to wander. 
I can't believe my kid did that. Why can't you believe it? They're a sheep. I can't believe my wife did that. I can't believe my Sunday school kid did that. Why not? They're a sheep. Let them be sheep. That's what they are. They're sheep. Sometimes I get together with other pastors and we you know, end up talking about some things and, oh, this happened to me and I can't believe they did that. Why not? They're sheep. I can't believe pastor so-and-so did that. Well, they're sheep, including shepherds. Sheep are prone to wander and drift. They're prone to get lost. They're sheep. What do sheep do? Behave like sheep. What do sheep do? They wander. They drift. So don't be surprised if sheep wander and drift. Expect it. It's life. Well, you say they shouldn't. They're sheep. Why do you think God called us sheep? We're prone to wander and drift. What do you think about the twelve? Peter was so proud and haughty as to say, Lord, I'll never deny you. Even though everyone else does, I never will. He wondered and he denied him, you know, knowing him just a little later. Paul, or not Paul, but Jesus speaks to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Of the seven, five of them had wondered. And what does he do? <clears throat> he says, come back on track. So they're prone to get lost. Sheep are prone to get lost. A couple of examples from our own life. We tend to get lost with the media. Oh, our world is so bad. We can listen to the news. We can hear what preachers say. And we say, oh, the world is really bad. And we can get sucked into the whole media influence and forget that God is sovereign. He's working out his purpose. I'm not opposed to the media, please understand. But too much news, to be honest with you, is not good. Probably five minutes a day is more than enough. What happens? We can get sucked into it. We can hear what is happening. I'm amazed I get my email and you know this, these news blobs pop up and I think, I've yet to come across one that has much significance. They're just, why do I need to know about this celebrity and that celebrity and this entertainer and so on? It's news. You know, we can get sucked into that. We're prone to get lost. We can get lost by neglecting Scripture. We just neglect Scripture. Blessed is a man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in his law. In the law of the Lord and in his law, he meditates day and night. We're prone to drift from Scripture. I'm not saying how much you read, but just meditating upon it. We can listen to false teachers if we're not careful. Sheep are prone to get lost. Sheep have little sense of direction. Ruth and I are open with one another, and we can tell stories about each other, and we don't mind. So this is one about Ruth Ann. We lived in Tennessee. We were in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You could leave our place 
you go a short distance, you go through a tunnel, and you go a little more, and you come to East Ridge. And <clears throat> Ruth Ann was out somewhere one day, and I get home that night, and I said, where were you today? Well, she said, I was out at East Ridge. And then she said, I had to go to such and such a place. I said, did you know how to get there? Yeah, I came the whole way home, and then I went the way that I knew to get to the other place. I said, honey, do you realize you were a couple blocks from where you're supposed to be? I, I couldn't figure that out. So one day we got in the car and she said, where are we going? I said, we're going the other side of town. She said, do you know how to get there? I said, no. Well, how are you going to get there? I said, we're just going to head in this direction. We'll get there. And we got there and she said, how'd you know that? I said, I don't know. I just have a sense of direction. You don't have that sense of direction. And I'm not criticizing Ruth Ann with that. I'm merely saying that we're like sheep. Spiritually, we don't have a good sense of direction. If we have a choice, we tend to go the wrong way. Use a modern day example. I think most of us here use technology. How many of you have studied and thought through technology from a biblical point of view to see the downside of technology as well as the upside. We as people will accept what comes down the pike without stopping and thinking through it. I'm very, very concerned about modern Christianity because of technology. Not that technology is wrong, that we have not seen the downside of technology. Example. Sermons that are preached here go on the web. Now, do you ever think about the downside of that? I can stand up and I can talk about body life, the importance of other believers, but the method of communication is non-personal. They can't see me. They can't see us as a body. I can't reach out and care for them. <clears throat> That's a downside. If we don't recognize that, we get ourselves in a lot of problems. Do you ever see the downside of texting? I think it's interesting to sit in a restaurant <clears throat> and watch two people sitting across from each other texting each other. <clears throat> Whether that's right or wrong is beside the point. But do we see the direction it leads us if we take it too far? Again, we as sheep lack direction. Sheep are easily frightened. <clears throat> Sheep are easily frightened. An example for sheep, us as humans, world events. What do you mean world events? Have you ever considered that the enemy Satan might have a role in the way the news is presented? 
Because it's always what's wrong in the world. You won't turn on the news tomorrow morning and they say, oh, we're going to have a change in news this morning. We're going to tell you everything in this newscast that is good, that happened good today. And this is going to be a new new format. We're not going to say anything bad that's happening in the world anymore. Only good. Will you say it it wouldn't work? Probably not. Because people are sheep. They like to know what's bad. Because if this bad happened, I don't do that, so I'm better. Read about a murder in Wilkesbury. Well, I don't murder, so I'm pretty good. We say I don't think that way. But in the back of our mind, <clears throat> we tend to compare. <clears throat> so we can be frightened by world news. One of the greatest fears of those under 30 years of age is what's going to happen with our world. And that's fed with world news. Cheap. I'm not saying world news is wrong. But if we get too much of it, it begins to influence us. We become frightened. And we talk about world events all the time. So if Iran were to drop a nuclear bomb on Israel tomorrow, we can go on with confidence because God is sovereign. But as sheep, we struggle. How about the whole health care? <clears throat> we heard tons about health care <clears throat> for a long time. There was a degree of fear. What's going to happen? We're easily frightened. That's the nature of sheep. <clears throat> how many people are worrying about how much they have for retirement? <clears throat> Maybe I won't have enough. Some people say, I have more than enough. <clears throat> but we're frightened by things like that. <clears throat> so applied. Keep a constant watch on people. Go after people. If you're a parent, if you're a Sunday school teacher, you're an elder, you're a deacon, you're a husband, don't let people go. I can't believe my kids did that and you're bemoaning that to someone else. Well, did you talk to your kid? Did you go after them? Did you love them? Did you care for them and say you're in dangerous ground? We say they don't listen. I didn't say you had to make them listen, but go after them. No one needs to know what you do. Just go after your sheep. Whatever form it takes. Keep after them. And you may have a couple friends and you may be shepherding them. You just care deeply for them. And they go astray. Go after them. They need encouragement. Go after them. Don't let them go. Well, you say they won't listen. You're not called to make them listen. You're called to be a shepherd. That's part of being a sheep. Sheep are prone to wonder, but don't let them wonder. Go after them. And they may say, come to some point and say, just leave me alone, and maybe you leave them alone. <laughs> but at least initially go after them and care for them.
about six months ago. <clears throat> there was an individual I hadn't seen in a while. And I knew the individual well enough that when I didn't see him in a period of time, I better check up on him. <clears throat> so I called the individual and didn't get any answer. <clears throat> I was near their home and I went to their house and didn't get any answer. And I thought, something is really amiss. And there was, and I'll leave it at that. But I went after them. And sheep will not always respond. And they may turn you off and tell you to bug off. And you probably need to honor that, but at least go after them. Care for them. Because sheep are prone to wander and drift. Don't sit back and have a philosophical discussion. I wonder why they're doing this. And we talk to other people about it. Just go after them. Where would we be if Christ did not pursue us? I hate to think where I would be if some people had not pursued me. I think I would be a proud, arrogant, self-sufficient, bitter 62-year-old if some people had not pursued me. When I first moved to this area, I, was a, you know, I came as a shepherd to shepherd here at Roaring Brook. <clears throat> I hadn't been here very long, and some guy called me and he said, uh, no, I'd like to stop in and talk to you. I didn't know the guy, you know, he just he wanted to stop in and talk. Another, another pastor in the area. He was my senior probably by about 25 or 30 years. <clears throat> so I'm just stopping in to talk to you, befriend you, and let you know if you ever need anyone to talk to, give me a call. <clears throat> well, be more than happy to talk to you. He continued to befriend me and save me from some difficulty along the way. He pursued me. There's a couple people at Tennessee, in Tennessee when I was in college, that pursued me. Basically said, Dan, this isn't good. If they had let me go. I would be in a much different position today in terms of where I am in life. They just pursued me. As men pursue your families, as, as parents pursue your children, as leaders, whatever form it may take, pursue others. If you have the gift of shepherding and you care for some people, pursue them. Don't let them go. Allow your pastor, your shepherd, your parent, your husband to watch and to care for you. Allow them to do it. You're a sheep. <clears throat> You're prone to wander. You're prone to drift. Allow them to help you. I can remember Dad giving me some counsel along the way a couple times. Dan, look out for this. Look out for that. Remember Mom. She still does at times. Saying, Dan, look out. I better listen to her. She's lived longer than I have, and she knows me quite well. She raised me. Dad's not around anymore, so she has to, you know, do double time. <clears throat> 
Be open to guidance and counsel. Seek it. Don't wait. Don't be afraid to seek it. Be faithful in local church attendance and involvement in body life. We need it. Do you admit you're prone to get lost, have little sense of direction, and are easily frightened? The other night, Ruth Ann and I were talking and discussing the headaches that she has, has had for years, and the medication does not have the same influence that it seemed to have you know, a little while back. And you know, She seemed to go longer when she had a headache, and then today, this morning, she was not feeling well physically, and then got a migraine on top of that, you know, which is difficult. And we were talking some, just kind of like, honey, I'm just not sure what's going to happen. I want my heart to be right but I'm somewhat scared. Because of some things that are happening in my life presently, and I'll share more, nothing super major. I went to the doctor and I I said, honey, I'm really not ready for any more pain. But I've had enough. What What are we doing with each other? We're admitting we're sheep that we're struggling, that we're prone to get lost when we need one another. We're sheep. We need a shepherd. We all do. And as we take the characteristics of sheep, and in two weeks we'll pick up with some more, and think about ourselves, but think about the people that we influence and we relate to, and respond to them in a caring manner if you're a shepherd of any type. Seek God's wisdom as you shepherd. Any comments before we close in prayer? Father, So we discuss being sheep and shepherding and caring for people. We know that you are our shepherd. And we're helpless, we're defenseless, we're prone to wonder, we're prone to drift. But yet you want us to follow you. You want us to follow shepherds that you have placed in our life. May we be willing to follow Those who may be involved in shepherding in any way, and it may not be a formal position, it just may be that they care for people, give them wisdom and understanding in caring for others. Recognizing what we as humans, as sheep, are like, and then responding accordingly. And Father, may we not be frustrated when people respond to sheep. May we recognize that they're just being sheep. We need to love them and care for them and minister to them. And I know, Father, there's some other qualities of sheep that may seem to be in our more positive, and we'll cover them in weeks to come, but help us to recognize that we haven't arrived, and we do need Christ, and we do need others. 
for it's in Christ's name I pray.